channel. So how, how about, about this? this? So how about this? I'm Alan Dempsey. This guy is... Rafiq Shaheen. Rafiq Shaheen. We have a bucket of topics. Rafiq, go to the bucket. All right. So uh, first one is... That's been folded more times, so that one's one of yours. Uh, so how about this? Uh, lame addictions. Lame addictions, like sunflower seeds kind of stuff? Kind of. Well, so, like, the idea really came to me because, like, I realized part of the reason why I'm so fat is, like, I'm addicted to sugar. And that's a fucking... It's a lame addiction. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, it's the lamest thing you can be addicted to that will probably still kill you. Burr had a great uh, bit about that. That for It never went to one of his specials, but when I went to go see him, he was talking about how, like... If you had a 400-pound guy and Slash from Guns N' Roses talking, they would be equally shocked by each other's excess stories. <laughs> right, like, yeah. I ate a whole box of Bisquick, and it wasn't even cooked, man. <laughs> right, like, it's, it's so bad because, like, especially now with, like, Halloween just over and everything like that, I bought a shit ton of Halloween candy. And it's in my freezer just so it'll last longer. But it's just one of those, like, you know what would have been a good idea? Don't buy the fucking candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you didn't get a lot of knockers, trick or treaters. Uh, I got like some, but I wasn't even really home for most of the Halloween night. But you didn't get any knockers, any tits. No, I don't know no, where knockers came from. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what threw you that, off. Like, that, did I? Is he asking me about tits right you now? You went very English <laughs> with that. <laughs> did you have a spot of tea? <laughs> Oi, governor. <laughs> Tea and crumpets, mate. No, um, there were, like, a couple kids came by, like, later in the evening. But, like, for the most part, it was just... I don't celebrate All Hollows for the most part. Mm-hmm. But it, it's one of those where, like, as an adult now, I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool, kid. Like, here you go. You're in the spirit of whatever fucking thing this is. Uh, enjoy. But, like, I live in a shitty apartment complex, so... <laughs> For the most part, kids were like, ooh, I don't know if that's actually a haunted house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, don't you have, like, a lot of college-age people in your complex, yeah. too? It's just kind of like the rundown place that people live in yeah, while it's, they're going to it, college. It's so weird because, like, it's fu- my fun living in that apartment is actually the morning after. Because, yeah. like, you... It's like a parade of people making the walk of shame <laughs> yeah. together. Like, it's weird. It's a parade of shame. Right? Yeah, right? So you'll see the entire cast of the Wizard of Oz in slutty costumes. <laughs> like it's a slutty Dorothy and a slutty Scarecrow and a slutty Tin Woman. Go to the bucket. Alright. Oh, I like this one. Uh, how could we create a new religion? Ooh. Uh, so, I'm just kind of fascinated by... All religions, I'm not picking on anyone in particular. If you approach someone with these ideas, like, guess what? There was a baby in a basket, and it floated down the river completely safely, and it was found by the king. What? And, like, if you just approach somebody with this stuff, oh, and then the guy comes back to life, you know, like... Everyone would just be like, what is wrong with you? But it becomes this like ingrained thing that people start to buy into. 
That's the genius of Scientology, is you brainwash them before you even tell them what you're brainwashing them into. You let them you let them do that to themselves. Am I ready for the next level? Right. <laughs> you know? Well, so one of the things that I found really interesting about religion in general actually comes from Terry Pratchett, where uh, he's got a book called Small Gods. Uh-huh. I, I, think I haven't read that right. one yet, but uh, I'm aware of it. But like, so there's a moment in the book where they're out in the middle of the desert, and he just goes like, "Oh, this is the reason why people invent religion is because like there's an infinite abyss in front of you, and you kind of go, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah." I actually feel that was the biggest failure of uh, Ricky Gervais's The Invention of Lying, by the way. Okay. Uh, because he goes like, I feel the whole premise was so good but like he really skipped over the nuance of lying in people's lives in general right right he went straight to giant lies right you know like religion and you know whereas like there's a lot more little moments sure where like it, it would have been so much more fun for people to play around with the conversation you know like there's a scene where he goes and he's telling his mother who's dying about, like, oh, you'll go to a really nice place, and uh, you know, and then people go, like, and then what happened? Whereas, like, I feel like, really, the invention of lying, right, is just, you don't have any of those little small niceties there. So he would have walked in the room, he's like, you're my mother, so I have to be here because I, I think I love you. <laughs> they did that in the movie, though. Not in the big grand way, because there were a lot of moments where, like, Ricky would be, you know, in a, there's a scene where, like, uh, the primary love interest, I can't remember her name, but it's Ricky is in the room, and she goes off into the bathroom or whatever to finish up, uh, and he goes, I think you're masturbating, or, like, I'm worried now because I think you're masturbating, yada, 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 whereas, like... The, in reality, like, the little small lie there, or, like, the real truth, I guess, as opposed to the small lie, would have been the response of, like, I'm not going to tell you if I was or was not masturbating because I don't want you to think less of me mm. as a per you know. Well, okay. I see what you mean. So I just feel, you know, especially when it came to the big lie, quote-unquote, of religion in the film, it was like, this is a real big missed opportunity because you'd have a bunch of people who'd be like, Oh, so, like, if I exploit this for profit, like, how many people do you think I could get, you know? Well, he was the only one who could lie. Yeah. So that wouldn't work in the story, right? Yeah, I I suppose that's true. All right. That fell apart. Go to the bucket. All right. Uh, Modern art. I'm in New York City. Okay. I go to... uh, it's not the Met. It's the Modern Art Museum. Guggenheim. Go to the Guggenheim. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that you don't know which museum you were in. Yeah. You're like, it's, it's the place with white people. Uh, it's- and, uh, we walk around and there's all of this just trash. And it's the whole building was devoted to this one artist. Mm. I'm using air quotes when I say artist. And uh, for example... There was a pile of sticks. They weren't sculpted sticks. They weren't things that this person crafted. They just took a pile of sticks, <laughs> threw them on the ground, and the name of that piece of art was Shove It Up Your Ass, Faggot. 
Was that literally that was the, the name of that piece of art? Uh, wow! So they, so that's really just a pun. <laughs> like that's not even like art. Faggot! I just <laughs> got it. <laughs> I just got it. But as you go around, all of these pieces that were basically just found objects that this person piled up, uh, there was like each piece had an explanation, and there was a entirely clever interesting idea behind this pile of horse hair or this but you know like it's all a statement about colonialism and race and like right (laughs) you're right but if you read the explanation of it you go that's an interesting idea Mm -hmm. for example there's a keychain on the wall with four keys hanging off of it yeah keychain with four keys okay and the explanation next to it is like you know, he was. Was that me or you? That was, that was my. Here am I, Lord. Come. <laughs> they finally come for me, Rafiq. We're, we're going home. Uh, <laughs> um, don't know how that happened because I turned that off. Yeah, that's what you say. Mm. Um, <laughs> like most women in my life. Anyway. Oh, wackity. <laughs> um, so, four keys. Yeah. Each key represented, like, a relationship. That this person had lived with. He'd lived with four different people. So each key was, you know, it was his journey through being in these relationships. Very interesting idea. I have no problem with the idea. It was a goddamn keychain on the wall. I I always look at stuff like that and I go, how much of this was you slap something together (laughs) and then somebody asked you to explain it and you just made up something? Right. Right. Now, here's the difference. I had a friend who used to draw. He was a painter. I'm sure he still is. He drew, painted. It was like a three-bulb track lighting Mm -hmm. that kind of went at an angle. And the bottom light was pointed downward and had like a beam coming out of it. Mm -hmm. And it was called greater than. It was a greater than symbol, if you are told that it's... so you go up to him, you go, well, this is a painting of a fucking track light. What are you doing here? And that was his atheist statement about God, where it's three, you know, Father, Son, oh, Holy Spirit. Okay. It's a man-made object. Man is greater than God. Yeah. Like, And I was like, that's fucking cool. You know why it was cool? Because he painted a goddamn track light. <laughs> you know what he didn't do? Find one at the dumpster and nail it to a wall and go, look what I did. So, uh, do you remember a show called Trigger Happy TV? Yes, that was great. One of my favorite moments from that show is actually about modern art. Because they're in a modern art museum. Is this the glasses on the ground? No, okay. this is the giant cell phone. Oh, right, right. So, dude... It has walks in right. He's looking around at everything. They show like a giant fucking tic tac and like ponies or whatever. And there's a giant cell phone on the ground, like old eighties style cell phone. And people are just walking up to it and taking a look and they're holding these like quiet conversations with each other. <laughs> like, what do you think the artist really meant by this? Like, it was probably something about man's you know search for immortality and sure. technology or whatever. And then it rings, and he just walks in from off stage and picks it up and just starts shouting into it, going, Hello! 
Oh. Well, here's what's even yes. better about here's what's even better about that is they probably thought that was part of the you know right yeah like and then the artist showed up and he showed us what we were like man by looking at the fucking thing and the, the there's apparently a video going around I didn't know if it was trigger hit I've heard there's a video going around that's new but as you were talking I thought maybe like people Could thought it was guy, new yeah. anyway. It's a guy, he's at a modern art museum, and there's a pair of glasses on the ground. And he's standing there kind of looking at it and contemplating it. And then a crowd of people starts to gather around the glasses. And once he gets enough people, he just reaches over, picks them up, puts them on, walks off. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, in one of the things this Guggenheim artist did was he would take boxes with um, corporate logos on them. Mm -hmm. And he would send them to... I want to say Thailand, where they do like the gold leaf painting. Yeah. So he would get the Taiwanese guys to gold leaf over the logo. So you got this like pretty gold Budweiser logo. Okay. Then they'd send it back to him and he'd assemble the boxes. So you, as you're walking around, you're just looking at cardboard boxes with like these pretty gold logos. And the whole thing was like this idea of, you know, exploiting the workers and the corporate and the blah, blah, blah. So the part of it that was art, he didn't even do. Yeah. <laughs> he outsourced it to someone else using that as basically doing to them what he's criticizing right, exactly. the corporate that, people for doing. See, I'm glad you said that because like my idea, literally when you uh, brought that up, I was like, isn't that getting a bunch of workers yeah. <laughs> to like, <laughs> You know what? Uh, there's a webcomic I read called uh, Saturday Morning Breakfast Serial that actually had a thing on modern art recently that I really liked. Uh, because they have some guy in a modern art museum, and then he's like, I don't understand. And then someone who works there comes up to him and explains, like, oh, like, modern art's just economics. Like, basically, you want to relate to other people uh, by saying, like, who the fuck cares about modern art? Alright? So we get a bunch of these fucking trash paintings on the wall, and you come in here and spend like $20, and then you get to turn to somebody and go like, modern art, right? Like, and then the guy's like, and then she goes, I'm kidding, and like walks off in a hurry, and the guy goes, huh. and then like someone next to him goes like, modern art, right? Nice. <laughs> And, like, that's, I feel like that's kind of the catch-22 about all this, right? Because, like, this dude you're talking about did get you to remember the things he made. Right, You know, like, they, something about his works, even if it was just the absurdity of what they were, stuck with you. But, like... If if art is to inflame, I was inflamed by how annoyed I was. It wasn't even annoying to me. I was I found it entertaining how stupid it was. Like instead of feeling the irritation within myself, I was laughing at everyone else. Like you're taking this seriously. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> you know. But like you know, again, at what point in time I, I always feel this way about a lot of artists in general, whether it's modern art or not. But it's like there's always that moment where you hear an artist like a musician or like a poet or like movie maker or whatever and it's like explain your art you know and he starts going on that bullshit 
shit spiel where she's sitting there and she's like, life is art, life is art and art is life. And uh, really, I wanted to explore the duality of two systems in juxtaposition one another. It's like, bitch, you made a fucking Budweiser commercial. Yeah, like, what? Yeah. Like, you sell beer. Like, stop. <laughs> what? Here's what offends me about the Guggenheim guy is that <laughs> I can't remember. There were there were tons of things all over the place talking about this guy and his life and where they found him and where he's from and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I don't specifically recall, but I feel like at some point he just kind of fell into a lot of money. Yeah. You know, because I refuse to believe that you could make a living. <laughs> and, or he is making a living Doing sending this. boxes to Thailand. And that's the offensive part to me. Right. Like, he gets away with, like, what a con job. <laughs> and get, got the Guggenheim to buy your horse shit, you know. Right. So, one of the things I actually found interesting along those lines recently, because I, I was having this conversation with another comic, was just the notion of Patreon, right? We've literally gone so full circle with our art where it's like, oh, hey, you want to be able to survive painting a fucking sunset for the rest of your life? Go to Patreon. Right. All right? Literally, people, your patrons will give you fucking money because they like your artworks. And I go, cool. I don't know if any of this has any value anymore. <laughs> like... Why it, wouldn't that? That well, seem no, to me. That sounds like the dream. Sounds like you should start your own damn Patreon and get it going. No, because like, so it's to me, it's one of those things of like, a, like a patron, right? At least in the classical concept, they're paying you specifically for your artwork. Sure, and I get that, right? But I feel like when society as a whole reaches the point where it's just like, what do you do for a living? Accounting. You happen to draw on the side? You want to make a little extra money off of that? Not enough that you could actually live off of. But just enough that, like, you don't starve to death. Mm -hmm. Get yourself a Patreon account. And I, it's like, eh. I don't know. I, everything you just said sounds really positive to me. I get to live my dream. And I've got suckers who will... No, if afford you, if you, my ability to live my dream. No, if you're <laughs> if you're still working at the because most of the, I, maybe this is just my personal interpretation, but most of the people I I personally know who have Patreon accounts still have a shitty day job. Mm -hmm. You know, again, it's it's not like way back in the Roman era, where it's like your patron is literally giving you all the funds to survive. Sure, you know, but there are people who have creative livings. Because they've built up enough fan base to live off I mean, that's, YouTube, Patreon, that's true. Whatever. That, that's a very good point. I pr I wasn't really taking that into consideration until you said yeah. it. So. And, but you know, I you're not the first person to come to me talking specifically about this kind of stuff. And I don't know if that person was specifically talking about Patreon, but I just kept finding myself going, I don't know what the complaint here is. People are allowed to. That is. To me, that was the utopia we always wanted, was that we always wanted to be able to do whatever the fuck we wanted to do and eat. Yeah, well, that, I don't like, disagree with starving that. Starving artists yeah. sucks. Yes. I don't want to be a starving artist. I want to be an artist 
and have a pizza. Right. You know? Well, but that's the thing. It Like, to me, Patreon, fucking Kickstarter, Rocket Hub, all those things, for the most part, they don't take you out of the starving artist category. Right? Like, they put you... They might put you, well, like, okay. just But above. that's also because if I start my Indiegogo today, who the fuck am I? Right. If Grant Morrison started an Indiegogo today... By the end of this evening, it would be, you know, up to a million dollars because jackasses like me would go, I want to fund whatever the fuck Grant Morrison's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, so, like, then is that all just, like, a name recognition thing? Like, it doesn't matter how good or bad your art is? That's all life is, man. Mm. I mean, that's very... How many How many times in your life, Rafiq, <laughs> as capable as you are, have you been at your job surrounded by morons? Yeah. And the people above you are morons. I mean, that's just the the spin of the wheel, bro. That's just how it works. <laughs> wow. This got way more depressing <laughs> than that is going to. Yeah, yeah I was actually talking with uh, one of my brothers about that earlier this year. It's just like there's so much of life where it's like nobody actually cares whether or not you're competent. They just care whether or not they like you. Or whether or not you were able to bullshit your way and then... Every, you know, few weeks when your higher boss shows up, you spin plates for him and go, look how good I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Don't look over there. Do not look over there. Keep looking at this fucking plate. Yeah. You know, and then they go, good job, champ. Yeah. And then you go, ooh, I'm, I'm covered for another, you know. Ignore the office fire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. That's very fucking Wizard of Oz of us, isn't it? Just as a species. That's what we do, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's life. So, yes, is it name recognition? Yeah. Are there people outside here who would probably be better presidents than Donald Trump? <laughs> yeah. My next door neighbor. would be a yeah, Bobo could pull that off. My dog, you know. But Donald Trump is Donald Trump. He's always been famous. Always. You know, I was watching an episode of uh, Perfect Strangers, and somebody mm-hmm. made a Donald Trump joke. And I was like, good lord, this show is 30 years old, and he yeah. was famous enough, famous for being a rich blowhard, that, you know, he's a reference now on Perfect Strangers. They're talking about Masters of the Universe, and they're talking about Donald Trump, you know? That was still a time... That, those two things coincide. <laughs> yeah, that was a timely joke. 30 years ago. Uh, you, you know, know what? I mean? Oh, dude, why did you have to make me sad now? <laughs> it, no, I, I'm saying this because the moment you said that, right, I heard a joke when Barack Obama was in office of, like, Barack Obama's the most powerful man in the universe, right? Okay. Because as far as we know, right, America is the strongest country in the world. <clears throat> and if and there's no other life out there. There, right. That means the President of the United States, for all intents and purposes, is the most important, strongest person in the universe. In the universe. That's pretty so awesome. You're, so you're telling me that Donald Trump... <laughs> yeah. This is like one of those sad moments you read in this story, like usually before the bad times happen, is like, our champion's grown weak. <laughs> right? Then the monster shows up. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh... Every time he does something completely retarded, I just like to remind people, by the way, 
that guy's in charge of everything. <laughs> just remember. <laughs> just remember, he's running it all. Uh, I, I, You and I have had this conversation, but this is just for the people at home. I had to institute... Because here's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't actually look at Donald Trump with that much concern. right? Because I go, hey man, like... In theory, we have systems in place. In theory, we have, like, competent people who should be... You know, we have very competent people who are working in the government right now who are essentially putting out forest fires every day. Right. right? Uh, literally putting out forest fires yeah. now, thanks yeah. to California. But, like, you know, doing that. But, like, with so with Donnie, I just go, like, all right, Mr. President, you do your thing. You got your supporters, I get it. And ten years, this cycle is going to repeat itself all over again with Peter Novak, the white dude who feels that, you know, Hispanics need to be marched around yeah. in ghettos. Like, that. Like it's just going to happen. That's just what happens, you know. But there's part of me that looks at Donald Trump and goes, dude, I have not, in my 30 years of life, I have not heard of a single president because I lived through both Bushes, yeah. right? Clinton, Barack Obama. I haven't had a president where it was every day, every day, multiple times a day, multiple times a day. Right? It's just like, hey, man, I just need a break. Like, I don't <laughs> care whether or not the thing you're doing is corrupt because I'm pretty certain it is. Yeah. But like every president before you, they at least had the common courtesy to keep that like behind closed doors. Right? Like I'm, there's plenty of shit like Barack Obama did that was fucking shady. Oh yeah. Right? But like at the same point in time, you know what I didn't hear every single day <laughs> was him right? sorry, was him blasting celebrities who criticized him. Right? It was just like how a little fucking decorum. Well, and you also like, think about his his 24 hours of his job and like you go, how much of his job is he doing his job? Right. Versus like, just stomping around getting mad at a fucking actress lady. It's on it like and this isn't I'm trying to say this with as much respect <laughs> as possible because for what it's worth, I actually do respect Donald Trump. Uh, you know, like you, he became president. Let's like, let's point out to anyone who doesn't know you: you are from Africa. Right. <laughs> your name is Rafiq, and you ain't a white dude. Right. And you just said, "I respect Donald Trump." Yeah, yeah. He continue. He, he he made it right. He did. He got his base to come out and vote. Yeah. Right. He he won the system. He won the game. Whatever. Right. Right. I go good on you. But it is honestly like we elected a gorilla and put him in the Oval Office. And so now there's a parade of people just running around him every day going like, come on, push him back into the room. <laughs> With like, cattle prods. Right? You're like just dangling like food in front of him. Like, lead him to the podium. Lead him. Like. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. He can't break free from these chains. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, it's so not, because it's just like, Every morning, like, it's so weird. Because, like, ever since he got elected, right, I literally have been waking up every morning going, okay, Google, what does my day look like? And then getting furious for, like, five minutes before going, like, all right, I'm going to go back to sleep because I need to go back to sleep right now. Like, do you know how nuts that is to wake up in the morning and just be like, 
Oh, he doesn't think Jews are people. All right. So, <laughs> oh, time to go to work. <laughs> Hit that bucket, baby. Ugh. Foreskin. Foreskin. Are like just foreskin, foreskin is in. Foreskin. Oh, is it though? Like <laughs> foreskin is what is this like a fall fashion? My like, buddy Taylor that. was was working at a uh, a screen printing whatever they call that where they make T-shirts. Uh, okay. And uh, he made one for himself that said foreskin is in. But nice. here was the genius of it. He did it in a Jewishy looking font. <laughs> <laughs> that was where it went to the next level of brilliance. Nice. <laughs> and he would just walk around with his foreskin as in shirt. Nice. I actually used to work at one of those companies. Uh, a place called 99 Volts. Uh, that Those places are like both so much fun to work at and so awful to work at. Because like you realize how cheap t-shirts actually are. Yeah. Right. I mean, you like sell them for twenty five bucks. Right, like you get a bucket of t shirts for like five cents to the t shirt, and you yeah. got like five hundred of them in there. This screen costs you twenty five dollars to make the single one, and then you're spending like thirteen cents on ink per press. So it's like this t shirt you just bought literally cost like eighteen twenty cents to make, mm-hmm. and we're gonna charge you like thirty forty bucks for this. The because only foreskin is it. <laughs> the only argument that you could make for that would be the design. You had yeah. to, you had to pay somebody to create the design. But how many people design it themselves off of like yeah. uh, those websites now? It's true. Yeah. Oh, dude. So foreskin is in. Foreskin is in. That's what that's what all the kids say. <laughs> that's what all the kids say. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Billy. Foreskin is in, right, man? You know it, dude. Dock away. <laughs> I try not to get too righteous about it, but I, I am inherently offended by, like, the same insanely pro-choice people will also, like, have their kids circumcised. Like... What you mean, like... Like, did that baby have the choice for you to cut off part of his body for I- no good reason? Well, no, there is actually a reason behind it. Tell me what it is. So, like, originally, you know, part of the reason why it made sense back in biblical times and, you know, even today is just because, like, like dirt and everything does get trapped, like, underneath this foreskin. It just, it happens. Sure. You know? And so... It also gets trapped under my fingernails. Yeah, but it... It also gets trapped up behind my ears. Yeah, but no, I'm talking about, like, you're talking about a people, like, thousands of years in the past who didn't have running water, who didn't have, you know, like every time you got dirty, there was a chance of you getting sick. Okay, it's 2018. Yeah, I'm not saying, (laughs) I'm not saying now, but I'm saying like the origins of it came about for like hygienic and religious reasons. And it's just like most tradition, you just pass it down to your kid and pass it down. So I get, if your faith tells you to do that. I got no problem with the religion part of it. That's different. That's a totally different argument. You're just uh, talking I'm, about the medical. I'm talking about these people, like, you know, parents stopping each other. I used to do this when I was doing stand-up. I had a whole bit about it. You know, parents will stop each other on the streets. Did you get them circumcised yet? You know you're, <laughs> you know you're supposed to do that. Uh, no, you're not. You're not supposed to do that. Why would you do that? <laughs> I love the I love the notion of parents stopping people on the street. Being like, hey, Becky, Ricky, from 2A, right? 
right? Circumcised? <laughs> no, yeah, you did it. Awesome, good for you. It's like, our son's 32. Like that. Uh, <laughs> that's a good line. I never even thought that. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I used to talk about it in my act. I would talk about how, like, can you imagine how insane people would go if doctors started just fooling around with baby girl parts and just cutting things off? Well, I hate to tell you, but female circumcision is a thing. It's a human rights violation. <laughs> like, but male circumcision, that's just normal shit, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, it's a... I don't know. That's that one, That's along those weird lines of, like, all right, your kid is born in the states well like all these things are like part of human rights for him whereas like your kid's born in botswana it's like well you know it's a human rights violation when we find out about it (laughs) i have no idea what you're talking about i'm talking about the fact of like um like just the circumcision thing you're talking about it's just the notion of uh in the states right People get, like, big up in the arms going, like, oh, you know, it's monstrous, yada, yada, yada. Whereas you go to a third world nation or someplace like that, and they go, like, no, that's just part of our faith here. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things where, like, you know, because we are more advanced, like, technologically, where we go, like, that's monstrous. Like, that's barbaric. And they're, like, fuck you. You don't live here. Like, <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite moments of that is actually from my uh, brother Tosh. Uh, he was telling me when he was in Afghanistan that he saw some of the Afghanis uh, cutting down wheat and then throwing it up in the air. And he was like, holy shit, like, that's a barbarous people. Like, nothing against, like, the Afghanis as a whole. But he's like, that's literally, like, Stone Age technology. Mm. Because it, that's how you separate wheat from the chaff. Got it. Right, so it's like you cut it down, you throw it up in the air, and then the chaff gets blown off. And he's like, "Can you imagine like that in the states? Like, some guy comes up to fill your gas guy, and he's like, hmm, 'Hmm, we're gonna have to do a sacrifice. <laughs> Is your youngest daughter a virgin? That's that's the only way you're gonna get thirty nine miles legality." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, was talking to this woman. She's she was like a big uh, don't circumcise your kid like advocate. Like would go mm-hmm. do the protests and stuff. And um, she works in an emergency room. And she's I can't remember the numbers, but there let's say it was five hundred. Like easily five hundred baby boys a year are killed because of botched circumcisions. Jeez. So it's like a process that you didn't have to do. There was really no good reason to do it. And now your kid's dead. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an elective surgery, you know. But again, it is... Elected by whom? Not by the person... Having no, I'm, I'm talking about the parents. Exactly. You know, like Again, I can't get too righteous about it because no one cares. It's like this eye... For some reason, that's eye-rolling when you talk yeah. about circumcision. So I can't... There's no point in being righteous about it. But at the same time, I'm kind of righteous about it. Yeah. It's fucked up. You're cutting off parts of your kid... For no good reason. Well, so the only thing, and we keep on coming back to this, is the religion aspect. I don't. Like, that to me is a different thing. Well, you can't say like you can't you can't say that you're not being self righteous about it though, and then being like, oh well, you know, 
I'm just self-righteous about the act, not the religion that sponsors Well, I mean, it's a good point. (laughs) I mean, you could make that argument with, you know, the bad stuff that we talk about with different, you know, making the women wear the beekeeper costumes and shit. Like The beekeeper? (laughs) Don't act like you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. No, Don't act like you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm just more concerned the fact that, like, you didn't call it a burka. You just went straight to beekeeping. That's (laughs) a hacky joke. I can't believe you've never heard that. That's, like, common uh, beekeeper. That's, like, your... Really? That's, like... That's like the boring, racist way to make fun of Muslims. It's like, it's the easy one that everyone goes to. Is it? Okay. I've heard it a hundred times from a hundred different people. Jeez. I don't hang out with the same race as you. Well, yeah. Come on in. The water's fine. Uh, We're going to talk about racism. Uh, I don't even... I'm going to pull that topic now because I know it's fucking in here somewhere. You're just going to find the one that you want to talk about. Yeah, well, (laughs) just because it it plays into this so much. Casual racism was the topic you pulled. uh, So there was a woman at the show last night, right? Who, like... We did this... Like, the first show, fantastic. Uh, Like, we had, like, 80, 90 people there. Everybody is having a good time. You know, just people fucking, like, applauding, you know, cheering, yada, yada, yada. We get to the second show... Late night show, virtually nobody. There's like where was this? Snappers. No, well, there you go. There's like twenty. No, no good story starts with I. I was at Snappers. <laughs> I don't know. I've had some good shows there. Mm, all right. Uh, so there's like twenty people there, maybe like twenty five, and like there's a clear division in the room, where like. Left half of the room, much younger, much more on board for, like, everything. Mm. Right half of the room, old, conservative, just casually racist. (laughs) And I say that because after the show, one of the women from the conservative side of the room comes up to us and goes, I'm not a racist. I'm a nurse. I treat black people all the time. And it's like... Yeah, you are a racist because you shouldn't have to know whether or not the person's black if you're a nurse. Like, I don't even know what that means. What? Right? No, because... like I like like I would ever assume that she would refuse services as a professional nurse. <laughs> Say no, 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 doctor. I've told you a hundred times I don't treat gay people. Right, that's like, not how I do things it's here. So, but that's what I'm talking about with casual racism. Yeah. There's this whole weird thing that white people do. Like I see this all the time, where somebody will just come up and they'll just. Do something racist, but in such a casual, like, refined manner. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, no, like, I treat the blacks like they're equal. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't, because you just refer to them as the blacks. Like, <laughs> I think that there's a, a thing there where there are times when people don't even know that they're being racist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, racism is really just, like aggressive ignorance sure. to get right down right. to it you know there are few people in the world who will like draw that line in the sand i hate so and so right you know there yeah. are supremacists of every color yes but that is usually the exception i, th- I find that most racism like you someone will say something like that you will say that's racist they'll go how the hell is that racist <laughs> right. and then you have to like explain to them do you see how you're saying this and that correlates to that and it kind of 
Right. It, but and here's where that becomes a real problem, though. The pendulum swings the other way because that guy truly isn't trying to be racist. He really doesn't think he is. You're trying to educate him on why he is, and that's all very reasonable. But then you've got the guy way on the other side of the spectrum going like, you opened a taco stand, and that's cultural appropriation, and that's racist. Yeah. So now, guy that you're trying to explain to goes, he lumps you in the category of taco, you know what I mean? He <laughs> taco goes, Tuesday. He goes, it. oh, this is one of those guys who's overly reactive to everything. Right. You know? Well, it's, it's that whole thing of, like, there's a basic sense of common decency that should be inherent to humanity across the spectrum. Of just like, hey man, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you do, like I don't care if you have sex with another man, I don't care if you're transgender, whatever. You, like you came in, you bought a meal, you sat down, everything was good. Like there were no problems with that. And then there's like that group of people who you said who come in and go, I can't believe you have a male and female restroom. Why don't you have a third option for right. non-gendered people? And it's like, because they can use whatever restroom they want. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> There's nobody standing at the door guarding. Right? Like that, and if there is, that's a bigger problem you should have yeah. told me about. Like, There's nobody with a flashlight looking at your genitals on the way in. Yep, that's a vagina. You may enter. Nope, nope, nope. Those are clearly balls. Other room, other room. It's like, oh, well, I'm mid-transition. Uh, go pee in the sink. Just go, like, what? No, but it, the at the same point in time, too, though, what you're talking about is, like, just that it was, like, little separations of degrees. Right. Where it's, like, that urge for common decency, right? It's, like, dude, it doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter if your patients are black or white or Asian or whatever. Just treat them like a patient and, like, a person. Right. You know? Whereas you have that issue and then you have that person who is like two degrees away who goes like, well, we, I treat the blacks here, but like I make sure the medicine's kind of expired. And you're like, no, like, it's like, we shouldn't have to explain this to you. Like, don't be that person. Like, well, yeah, but I think that's, it's like, I think those people the truly evil supremacy people, if you're saying what I think you're saying, you kind of lost me there, but I think that those people are on the fringe, and I think the the, the, the jury is not out on them. Like, mm-hmm. we all agree. That guy's a cunt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Limbaugh and fucking Maddow both agree that guy's a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there comes a point of, you know... But here's the thing, though, is like those those guys might be on the fringe, but they're still a collective fringe. Is what sure. I get. At. I mean, there's that, yeah. You know, one of my favorite things. But but to the point of you saying like we have to educate these people, or like they already know. It's well, like you don't have to educate a serial killer that serial killing is bad. They fucking know. Well, I actually disagree with that. Uh, partially, I'm not talking about the casual guy. I'm talking about the overt. I gave no, bad no, no, medicine no. guy. No, I, I'm talking. To, I'm talking about the overt guy okay. now, uh, because there's a great example that I forget what his name is, but there was a black male uh, who I think it was David Duke. They, they, but it was like a bunch of people. They, 
he basically ded- has dedicated his life to making friends with clansmen. I have not seen this documentary, but I know right. what you're talking about. Yeah, and he's basically like, hey, man, like, I'm a normal person. Yeah. You know, like, you, like these are the reasons you should give up the hood. And a lot of those guys go like, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize how dumb this was. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I'm so, you know, like, and it's not, he's, because he's approaching them as just a person. You know, and the one of the things I heard on NPR recently, which I actually thought was really interesting, was uh, so like the son of the guy who founded Stormfront uh, renounced being a racist and everything like that. And he was he was saying he was like um, when I was in college, you know, like one of my best friends uh, was Jewish, you know, and like he didn't feel the need to jam it down my throat that like all these things I said was monstrous. He just approached me as, like, another human being, and we got to talking, and, you know, after a while, I kind of saw the light and went, like, holy shit, like, all this stuff I've been saying about, you know, Derek, what's his name, Mm -hmm. it's just awful, because I know Derek, like... So what you're saying now, I, I see where you're going with this. So what you're saying is we still do have to do some reach out to give bad medicine guy... Right, you like you need to pull. Basically, he's a man who's drowning. Right. So you need to go out there and pull him into the shallow end. Mm-hmm. But you know the guy who's in the shallow end who's also drowning. But so says, how much of this I'm is not drowning? You have to be like, all right, dude, I need you to stand up. How like, much of this is like cult shit? Because it's it's the how do you get a Scientologist to believe Scientology? Well, you cut him off from every other form of interaction with anybody you know right or so how much of it is like self-isolating you know idiot nazi kids who call themselves nazis don't even really understand what that means you know yeah well so a lot of that stuff at least from my experience and what i've read uh boils down to like it's the same thing for gangs across the spectrum it doesn't matter if you're ms-13 or you're fucking neo-nazi it's you're looking for a place to belong in this world and so your friends, right, just so happen to be a Nazi or like said, like he has a bad experience with black people when he was a kid or whatever, or his dad was a racist. As we most of us did. Whoa. Whoa. Or his dad or his dad was a racist and taught him or whatever. But you're like you're looking to belong. So you start hanging out with your friend who's a Nazi. And then after a while, you go like, oh, you know, like, I'm friends with Bob, and Bob is friends with Derek, and Derek is friends with John, and, like, they all have these Nazi paraphernalia, so if I want to be one of the cool kids, I need to get myself an Iron Cross or whatever. And it's like, no, you're a loser. But, like, you need to learn that, like, though, like that tribe is founded on something dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, the same thing with Scientology. You know... I would give I would honestly give Scientology a pass by and large. Uh, one of the girls I dated in the past was in the Scientology and I would give her and that whole thing a pass if it weren't for the fact of like there's a certain portion of it. You could probably argue this about any religion, but there's a certain portion of it where they start going, "No, you're not with them anymore you're only with us mm-hmm. and we don't let people in 
And I go, that exclusionary nonsense needs to stop. Because that's how you start getting, you know, racist and people like that who go like, oh, well, all the, all my friends are white. Mm. And we don't let black people in. So obviously black people aren't human. And it's like, no, like, all right, like, stop hanging out with Donnie, right? And like his daughter, right? You know, like, maybe talk to Jared every once in a while and be like, all right, Jared, let's... Let's go. I'm talking about the Trumps. Yeah, I can see you're getting. I, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I was, I was just letting it happen, man. Which I do often. All right, Sounds we got. Uh, you want to do one more? We're at 47 minutes. Yeah, sure. Oh, I'm. Am I doing it? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, this one sucks. I'm not doing that one. Oh, grab another one. <laughs> Failure. Failure. Uh, much like this podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. I, how, what, is, what do you feel about failure? How do you feel? About I, it? as I get older, I am, um, I'm adopting a different attitude toward it. There was a, Garfunkel and Oates has okay. a song. I, I can't remember the name of it, but the essence of the song is like, let's hear it for the losers. And the, and essentially, oh, a song dedicated to me. <laughs> That's so sweet of them. <laughs> essentially, what they're saying in the song is like, there's a line in it where they go, "Trying is hard. That's why people don't do it." Yeah. And the essence of the song is, "Hey, you you didn't win, but you did it. Yeah. You know, you ran the race. You tried to accomplish the thing. You just fucked it up. So here's to you, man. You did it. Yeah. You know." So as I get older, I'm adopting that attitude more. Like, man, I fucked that up. But I can at least know that I, you know. So I here it's kind of tangential. Not exactly, but in that relative vein. How do you feel about participation trophies then? Um, no, I'm not into that. Because you need to know when you lost. So, so you, know you, know feel, I mean? you feel the participation trophy is a replacement for losing. Oh, yeah. That's okay. exactly what it is. I mean, every, I, I think Every so five-year-old but... walks away feeling good. Look, Mom, I have a trophy. I mean, I, yeah. I there is a five-year-old in my life. I'm telling you, this just happened. <laughs> they, yeah. They got a participation trophy with their soccer team, and she goes up, and she was so happy to have this shiny trophy and didn't have any concept of, like... I. Earning it, or yeah. you know what I mean. I I I always look at that moment in my life and go like, I would probably fuck up a kid so bad <laughs> nowadays because I would. Well, her mom wasn't into it either. Her mom was like, she wasn't happy. I mean, she let it happen. She didn't say that. She's not gonna go. Everyone on your team can get the participation trophy, but you. I mean, she's not gonna do no. that to her. But as daughters walk around waving this thing, mom's just like. You know, clicking and rolling her eyes like that's so stupid. You See, know? I for me though, I feel like the conversation I would have would I be like, "All right, son, I need you to come over here real quick. You lost. <laughs> you fucking lost, bro. <laughs> like, I, I don't love- think that's bad. I think that's parenting. I, I guess I don't know. It's because I feel the it, like talking about failure. I feel the conversation you need to have there is like, okay, did you really put in your best effort? into this sure. did you sink in all of your being you fucking lost <laughs> right but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try harder next time sure you know and like 
But I think there's also the failure of the guy who put himself into it. You know, the 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 one-time filmmaker. You know, they oh. were they made one giant steaming piece of shit and then they never made another one. And there's that clarity of like, "Oh, I don't do this well." Yeah. <laughs> you know. But so, yeah. but again, going back to what I said before, here's to you, man. You made a movie. I never made a movie. Yeah. I've sat on my couch. Terrible. I've sat on my couch and made fun of a lot of movies. movies never made one made myself. Yeah. You know, probably never will. I so I was a producer. I I actually have a special place in my heart for Z tier films. <laughs> yeah. But I, the and like especially for those films where like you can tell the person dedicated themselves because they're they're like we got five hundred dollars to make this movie. Yeah. And we're gonna make this the best. $500 movie we can you know and like you got people acting like they're going like they're gonna be great fucking actors and there's the same it's like this is my breakout role in horny homemakers 3 and it's yeah. like no no it's not but I do actually you know because it is the attempt yeah you know it, like I do hold a special place in my heart for that I I just know and maybe this is just the difference in our ages Right, because like at thirty years old, I am still actively terrified by failure. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason why so many so many projects I start probably don't get finished. Um, I am. Um, I mean, when I was doing, I was thirty when I started doing stand up, and um, immediately I was more entertained than anybody in the room when I was eating shit. I, it's just part of my personality. Like I was able to, there was no panic in it. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, look what's happening. Yeah, I'm not gonna fix this, so I'm just gonna ride this out. I went, dude. I was at Snap. I've told you this story a hundred times, but that day that I was at Snappers, it was my first feature. I spent 20 minutes. I barely got one chuckle. I mean, I just sat in front of them. Pulled out a spoon and ate a bowl of shit for 20 fucking minutes. And I left the stage laughing my ass off. Like, what just happened? That was madness. Wow. I was just entertained by how badly it went. Because it was so bad. It was it was bad beyond. There was right. no saving. You know those sets where you start bombing, but then you dig yourself out of it? You know what I mean? You've been yeah. in that situation. This was just bombs. across the board there's no salvaging this nobody's happy everybody hates me i'm i'm riding it out man this is hilarious so this is what i'm talking about because to me right that's a z tier set (laughs) yeah (laughs) because i'm in the back of the room laughing last night right on that second show the side that nobody was laughing Mm -hmm. i kept on having a blast (laughs) looking at them because i'm hosting the show and i'm watching them and i'm like this feels like somebody took the concept of american dad and just made them into people Mm -hmm. right like they're so ultra conservative republican it's like "Mm, ronald reagan just "Mm." and you two are swingers like how yeah (laughs) how weird is that that's kind of common from what i understand like this like i actually heard a thing the other day uh they were talking about liberal and conservative sexual fantasies and the conservative fantasies tended more toward adultery and swinging Huh. And the liberal fantasies tended more toward like a BDSM type situation. 
What you mean, like domination? Yeah, domination, submission, okay, stuff like that, bondage. So, so okay, so like if you're a conservative, and the conclusion now, this is where you have to take this with a grain. Like, you can't deny the results, but then you draw your own conclusion. The conclusion that the people who did the study drew mm. was that you tend to lean toward what you are told is taboo. Mm. So if you're conservative, family values. You know, you want to watch you your wanna, wife get fucked yeah, by somebody you want, else. Yeah, you want to watch your wife get drilled. If you're progressive, fucking empowered woman, you want to be submissive and call him daddy. You know, it's that whole uh, thing. So that's the reason why all those Republicans watch Blacked. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> that was B L A K apostrophe D. <laughs> Blacked. Uh. I can't believe that's actually a thing. I love it so much. I love... So, uh, I don't know if I told you this, but one of the things that me and Edwina had a problem with, right, is... So, Edwina and I uh, were, like, towards the beginning of our relationship, we're still getting intimate, right? And uh, she asked me one night, she was like, uh, what's the, like kinkiest thing you've ever done and i had to be like recently (laughs) right what day is today (laughs) and so i told her uh you know like i got a blowjob from a racist (laughs) like that wasn't even about the blowjob that was just about winning that's all that was right like (laughs) but i feel here's the thing i feel another guy gets that (laughs) right whereas her right because I had, to, I had to go and tell her the entire story because she was like, what the fuck do you mean? I was like, well, she was a woman. She had, like, the Confederate flag tattooed on her chest. Like, very, like, dismiss, you know, very, like, Femi, that nigga, like... Wow. And you're just, like... Dropping in bombs for real. Right? Holy shit. And it was one of those things where, like, we hooked up <laughs> and... It was. It's like, so weird, right? Well, because like at a certain, it's, it's not, not even she, weird. On I'm not even thinking about you being weird. I'm thinking about her being weird. Like, what is she doing? Right. <laughs> That's well, really strange, right? Well, because the thing is, like, she didn't start off that strong, uh-huh. right? You know how it is, like, when you're getting physical with somebody, and then like the longer you're getting physical, like the more. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! Okay, I mis completely misunderstood what you were saying. I'm assuming that you're just getting to know this person or you meet her at a bar or something and she's saying no. racist shit. You're saying that while you guys were fucking around, she started dropping in bombs. Yes. F me in bomb. Yes. That's hilarious. Now it's gone to a different... <laughs> we're in a different place now. This is not the conversation I thought I was having. Yeah. No. So, like, the me and this... She had to fucking... Like I said. Yeah. She had a Fred, uh, confederate flag tattooed on her chest right sure and like i guess that should have been the first big sign <laughs> like don't do this but love just like hey whatever you know and so i'm telling this story to edwina and uh it starts causing problems because you know like we'll get drunk right and like you get whiskey dick or whatever and then it's like oh hey you know like i don't know if this is going to happen tonight and then she would get fucking pissed because she's like oh so you can fuck a racist but you can't oh fuck God. me like nonsense what an asshole and like it's so such- <laughs> let me tell you something for me you 
You have you are attracted to assholes. Because you have these stories about almost every woman you've dated. What? Like fucking a racist? Like... No, no. <laughs> that. What happened? She's mad at you because you drank too much and then somehow brings up... The... That's an asshole move. That, I mean, probably. And I find that when you tell these stories, your attitude is kind of like, women, right? Like, no. <laughs> not women. That's not what women do. That's what assholes do. <laughs> So, well, I don't know because here's the thing. I always, I find myself attracted to like women who I go, you're like a strong individual. Sure. Right. You know, because like looks, okay. Right. You know, like looks can come and go, you know, obviously as a guy and somebody who's just human, it's like the hotter you are, the better. Right, but like I much prefer somebody who's got like a strong personality. But I guess kind of in that same vein, a lot of people who have strong personalities are just assholes. Yeah. So yeah, there, there are two people at this table that, that resemble that remark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Since we're just sharing shit, we probably shouldn't be. I, I've always we're at an hour. We don't have to. Okay. Do, do you want to pause and then we'll come back on this on another time, or uh, do you, do you know, write it on a piece of paper one day? And okay. Throw it in a bucket. Okay. Or we can just talk about it one day. All right. So, how about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, how about that? See you guys next time. How about that? How about that? Hmm. Hmm.